Dun, 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 dun. Are you excited? I am. I'm actually a little nervous. You? Why are you it's nervous? It's been a long time since we've done this, and now I feel like I, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of new again. It's been a long time. I shouldn't left you without a podcast to listen to, listen to, listen to. That was awesome. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Look, look at this new intro material. This is fantastic. <laughs> so it has been a month, but we are finally back with another episode of Last Name Basis. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And I just changed our intro because usually I say, and this is Last Name Basis, but you know, we're a little rusty. Yeah. And you brought it back around and then actually did that. That's pretty meta of you. Uh, yeah, that was, you know, I think on my feet I've taken some improv classes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, don't you dare shout them out. Uh, we'll bleep it out. Okay, good. We put corners in a triangle. Why we keep it 100 tie optional? With a person from my dad's got acting on the screen. You know who it is, man, it's just to leave. He's a lawyer, she's an activist. And you're tuning to them live. This is last name basis. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we were gone all of August and everyone was asking about us. What what happened to us? Uh, we disappeared for a while. Um, Why? Because we, is this, is this a quiz? Are you leading me? No, I'm I'm just, you know, I'm just playing along. Oh, yeah. So we were traveling. I traveled. Then Fran traveled. Then we traveled together. Ooh. Then we returned. Then we sat on the couch for like three days. Yeah. I mean, it was rough. Like, we moved studios. Our producer was out of town. We were out of town. Like, I was back and forth to L.A., all of August. Um, I did an update video which let people know what was going on, but I taped a pilot for a cable network, which was mm-hmm. which is exciting. Um, I worked on the VMAs. I did some like commercial shoots for Pivot. So I was very busy last month. You were very, very busy. I, on the other hand, mm-hmm. was less busy, except for when I visited you at the VMAs. Y- yes, yes, you did visit me at the VMAs, and and even though it's been a, it's been a little minute since the VMAs, we kind of have to talk about it because we're we kind of got into like a famous scuffle a famous scuffle it's i mean we have like almost a hundred thousand views on facebook wow and like seventy five thousand on youtube wow well first can i say it's it's a little strange to know that some hundred thousand people saw a video with me in it that's not something i'm accustomed to yeah you know it's so funny i think Every day you realize or re-realize that you are married to someone that has an online presence. Because, like, sometimes you're like, whoa, all these people are following me now on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, because I retweeted something that you said or I tagged you in a tweet. And you're like, whoa, this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't sound like that. Let's start there. (laughs) But that's a better impression than I usually do. Usually I make you sound like boo, boo, boo. (laughs) That's true. That is so true. I'm moving up. Okay, so okay. we'll take it or leave it. Okay, good, good. I'll take it. Great. Um, so yeah, like you're still really surprised that that many people have watched both of the like the video on both platforms. It's just a strange feeling to know that that so many people saw me doing whatever. It doesn't even matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Just the just the you know the breadth of viewers. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a strange sensation. I can't really describe it. It's it is just, weird. It's just like wow, people saw me. I don't think I ever actually watched the final video. Oh, I don't think you did either. No, I didn't. I mean, I was there for it. Mm-hmm. We were, I was there when we were recording it. I right. Was, I was laying on a bed. So <laughs> <laughs> I know. You were like all relaxing, sprawled out. Because when we were doing it, it didn't occur to me that it would then be posted and possibly watched by a number of people. Like, what do you... you I are, just don't you, make that connection. It's very strange. You are the weirdest person. Like, I've been doing this for literally 
almost 10 years, our entire relationship, I've been posting content on YouTube. And it just like doesn't cross your mind that people actually watch. I, I know that they watch you. It doesn't cross my mind that they will watch me, if that makes sense. I, There's some sort of divide in my mind. Like if I'm doing it, I just assume no one's going to see it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but if you're doing it, I understand. But if I'm doing it with you, I believe that no one will see it. It's just this really strange... I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't connect in my own mind. Doesn't make sense to me. From now on, I know I'll have to look my best whenever I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, are you on the couch? Are we going to watch this? Are we going to watch Mr. Robot together? Let me <laughs> let me put my face on. Okay. Well, you know, now you know why I, I always bring it and I always look cute. So. Oh, wow. Get on my level. <laughs> Listen, I, I rarely, I mean, today is an exception. I oh. rarely leave the house without <laughs> eyebrows on. But like, this is a podcast, so you don't see me. So it's right. okay. But you will describe it. For them. No, I'm just saying that generally speaking, I try not to leave the mm. house without like eyebrows. Imagine on a beautiful like... alien with no facial hair at all. <laughs> no, I'm just no saying. Eyebrows. I'm just saying. And you, one time you did this to me where we were somewhere and like someone recognized me and I like just felt really ugly that day because I think I was hungover when we were at like Atlantic Terminal and you were like, they're everywhere. And I was like, no, <laughs> God. They are. They're always watching. I don't want anyone to see me. Okay, so we should go back to the beginning of the VMAs before. Before we get into the fact that we had a fight, because I think that we should save the best for last. You know what I'm saying? True. Yeah. Also, that experience was was not a happy experience. Yeah, and Patrick's gonna so, get heated again. Yeah, I don't I don't love thinking about it. So if we put it off, I can enjoy our conversation about the actual VMAs that right. we did enjoy. Right. And so this was a really unique experience because I almost didn't go to the VMAs because I was just getting back from LA from my uh, working on that pivot job and MTV was like we really want you to go but we need you to be there for like five days before the VMAs and I was like ugh if you don't know what Fran was doing she was creating web webisodes I guess you would call you them you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about because they were actually on the television so oh they were yeah they were you so told me they were being does, posted on my the husband internet does, my, husband does, <laughs> my husband does not know what the fuck I do for a living this is like like seriously this is a peek into my life no Patrick Pivot is a television station and I hosted Weekend of Women, which was a, a two-day extravaganza of films and television shows directed by women. Wait, and this I, was for the VMAs? No, oh, my God. I hate you so much. This I was, was talking about the VMAs. We were talking about the VMAs. Right, but I was just saying before the VMAs, I was doing that thing for Pivot. Okay, so what you were doing for the VMAs, which is what I was talking right. about. Right, okay, okay. So we were on two, we were, were, we were talking two right? different languages. Yes, I did a bunch of web videos for the VMAs. Okay, so your okay, husband so you might right. know so you something were right. you about were... what you do for a okay, living. Okay, okay, you're right. I was wrong. I made a bunch of web videos for oh, the VMAs. That is so precious. The point was is that I almost didn't do it because I said, "Listen, MTV, I really need to spend time with my husband. I've already been away all month." And they were like, "Well, why don't you just bring him?" And I, and I was so excited that MTV said that you could come. And they flew you to LA and stayed in the hotel. They did. They treated me right. Yeah, we ordered way too much room service. The room service guy knew us. <laughs> oh my god. I think he was I think he was low key insulting us cuz every time I called he was he like was, again. <laughs> he was he would say things like, "Oh yeah, 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 Miss Ramsey, I know her. I know her." I was like, "What do you mean you know her?" <laughs> I don't 
don't know you. Or he'd leave and he'd say, he'd say, okay, I'll see, see you tomorrow. In, I'll see you tomorrow. Or I'll see you in 20 <laughs> minutes or so. <laughs> something. He was like, oh yeah, you guys ordered the bread pudding yesterday, right? Like it was really bad. Right. Um. So yeah, we had a great time, and I'm curious to hear Patrick what you thought because like you're not really into like pop culture. No. And I'm like not. you didn't know who anybody was or what any of the beef was like. There was a lot happening at the VMAs this year. There was. I missed a lot of it because I don't know if you know this, but when you go outside to get a drink from the lobby and you come back in, if they're in the middle of a segment, if they're not between, yeah, if they're not on commercial, basically, they won't let you in. So I had a wristband, compliments of MTV and my beautiful wife. So Patrick was like drinking. He was like, I'm going to like enjoy these free drinks. I was like, this is free. So I'm going to go and take advantage of these free drinks. And I did. So I missed some of it, but um, and and some of the some of the really good ones too. I missed Bieber's performance. You did? Uh, yeah. God, I, mean, I guess I was just so into it that I didn't even realize you weren't there. I, <laughs> I one thing I couldn't believe is how much you were screaming at people. I didn't think you would be. I into. don't know what happened. You were losing your okay, mind. Okay, so okay. First of all, during the Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj opened this opened the show. And I was like losing my mind. And when Taylor Swift came out, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Oh, uh, that's what that's what blew my mind. I didn't think you were a Taylor Swift fan. Uh, okay, 1989 bumps. Like that is a good album. Like I don't like Taylor Swift as a person, but like she can write a catchy ass pop song. Are you yeah, kidding me? I guess me? that's the difference between me and you. I when I don't think that the person is amazing i'm not gonna oh yeah i can separate excited oh i can separate the person from the music because it's a good album honestly like and like i said it pains me i don't like taylor swift i didn't want to like the album i I actually paid for the album because taylor is stingy and she was like my shit's not gonna be for free on spotify so i was like you know what all right girl you convinced me somebody told me it was good i was like all right i'll try it that shit goes hard it's a really good album I like it. Um, so I freaked out when that happened. Unbelievably so. You I were did. screaming like a, like a child, <laughs> like a 13-year-old girl. You were losing losing your shit. Well, it was a big deal because like it was like their first public makeup moment after like the Twitter thing happened. And so like I was kind of like, you. you are Whoa. starry-eyed and looking off in the distance as you say this, right? You no, sound, I'm not. You follow this stuff like a 13-year-old girl. No, I do. Um, well, it's kind of my job. So, yeah, I do follow it. Um, <laughs> okay, I didn't mean that to be insulting. It's it's just funny how you just really called me a thirteen-year-old girl. How else am I supposed to interpret that? That's not a compliment. Well, I mean, you just actually really get into it. It's funny though. I thought it was a big deal that they came together and they kind of had this moment of like, "Look, everyone, we're cool with each other," and I was excited for it. And I thought that it was genius. Like, even if the whole thing, people are like, "It was staged." Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it was really smart. Like, everyone saw the moment happen and it was unexpected no one expected taylor swift to come out and and perform with Nicki minaj like no one ever expected that to happen so it was- see i don't follow it and i saw that happen and i thought well that makes sense no you didn't i did i did you didn't even follow the whole drama so how you would told you- me about it though i knew what was going on i knew what was up i knew that it was meaningful when she came out Okay, whatever. Okay, so that happened. Um, I made a bullet list of all the things that happened that I felt like, feel like are worth talking about. Nicki Minaj calling out Miley Cyrus. Oh, my God. That was amazing. We weren't actually inside when it happened because we were getting drinks, but I watched it on the monitor. And, I mean, I don't know how anyone could think that that was staged because Nicki's face, when she said, Miley, what's good? Whew, I was scared. 
<laughs> I was like, please don't come for me. Well, naked. they were on two different stages, at least. Right, but like the look Fort- on her face. Fortunately, they weren't standing right next to each other because then it could have gotten ugly. No, the the look on Nikki's face, and this is where people thought that it looked staged, is that afterwards Nikki kind of smiled, and people were like, oh, that's fake. But I thought it was that smile of like try me bitch smile. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when like when you're when you're out when you were a kid and your mom is like yelling at you in public and she's smiling and she's like um. Please get it together, young lady. And you're like, oh fuck, I'm in so much trouble. Like she's <laughs> smiling, but she's in public, so she knows like she can't like snatch your ass like in the supermarket. So she smiles. Did your mom do that? Oh no, she would just snatch my ass as you put it. <laughs> my mom would just like give you a smile, like, okay, girl, you would have good <laughs> and like have like through the teeth. No, my mom, my mom would would pull the leash very literally. Oh <laughs> wait, you were on a leash, right? And and put us all back into place. <laughs> well, that was the look that I felt that Nikki was giving. See, I thought smiling. it was. I thought if anything made me think it was it was staged, it was how she went to it very quickly after so, thanking her pastor she yeah she was like thank you all this is great and you <laughs> you over there you bitch and it was just it, it was like it was like she changed direction so quickly but that makes me think that she had that planned it she had planned it but that doesn't mean that it was staged and mm-hmm. written along with miley cyrus also miley cyrus's reaction oh my god was like i don't know what to do right now so i'm going to ignore this she's like and <laughs> we'll move right on which made it made her look worse in my opinion. What did you think of Miley Cyrus as a host? Oh, she was um she did everything she swore she wasn't going to do cuz I read the New York Times interview with her. Mm-hmm. And she said things like uh, I will not I will not get up there and do stand-up comedy routines. I won't get up there and make jokes. It's going to be whatever I want. It's going to be this really anything goes uh, broadcast. Did she say she was going to continue to bastardize black culture? Because she oh, yeah. definitely did that. <laughs> she's like, she, she's like, hey guys, I'm going to wear these dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. I'm so crazy. She <laughs> was like, I won't be racist. <laughs> and then she did it, just like she did everything she said she wasn't going to do. She got up oh. there and she gave what was basically any any normal host stand-up routine. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You know, I read this article that I thought summed it up perfectly, where Miley Cyrus came off like the mom who's trying so hard to be cool. She's like, everybody. At the age of 20? Well, no, she just came off as like, she came off just trying so hard. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. I'm just saying that it's funny because she's so young. Right. You know what I mean? She's so young, but she's so like, everyone like me. I'm cool. I smoke weed. I have titties. I have gay friends. I like black dudes. I'm cool. Yeah. (laughs) She proved all of those things. Right. And you're just like, Miley, shut up. No one fucking cares. Like, you are just trying so freaking. Hard. But that's the thing. Everybody cares. Enough that we're well, on this podcast. Well, enough didn't care it. because this was the lowest rated VM, like viewed VMA in history. Really? Not only that, it was simulcast on 10 different channels. It was on Country Music Channel. It was on VH1. It was on Bravo, I believe. So wait, it was available more places and it had a lower viewership? Yeah, but it got- That's incredible. I'm happy to hear that. huge- <laughs> I know, it's a strange thing to say, but I mean, I, that really does excite <laughs> it me. It got, on the, on the other side, it did get huge impressions online, which these days does does count for something and Nielsen does the Nielsen ratings do take that into consideration but mm-hmm. in the scope of like the history of the VMAs it was like incredibly low viewership and I just I do think part of it is that people are just so over Miley Cyrus. I think that the MTV was hoping that she would bring in a lot of viewers because people were looking for her to be controversial and do something wacky. Mm-hmm. But in today's 
online cycle, you don't have to watch anything live anymore. You can just watch for the gifts tomorrow. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. You don't have to be there for it. No. I you mean, can just get all the highlights in gift form. Exactly. And with somebody else's take on it, which is way funnier than what actually happened if you saw it live. Right. And you can do it all almost instantaneously. People are ready with that stuff. Yeah. Well, we, and we you got to see the backstage of the VMAs. There's a whole room of people sitting at their computers clipping what's happening at the show like live and posting it it looks exactly like what they show in movies about hackers yeah it looks exactly like that just inside the brain of a computer just a tent with a bunch of people uh, just wires everywhere screens everywhere everyone editing and and typing just keys going clack 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 yeah i saw someone even suggest that the miley nikki thing was staged because mtv had like a gif of it immediately and i was like dude they have people whose job is to just sit there and watch the vmas and make gifs in real time. Yeah, they have whole teams of people, like, a lot of them. It's really, really smart. Like, they realize that that's what people want. Even if they hate the VMAs or even if they hate Miley Cyrus, they want to see gifts of her making that stupid face after Nick- Nikki clapped at her that, like, why not have them come straight from MTV? Like, so someone else doesn't do it first, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, I think all in all, though, it was, it, it wasn't as bad as i was expecting it was i thought okay, it was an enjoyable experience well, we went to i the actually emmys. had fun there so we went to the emmys in 2008 and in comparison this was like miles beyond you know the biggest difference that i noticed was that the people at the vmas actually wanted to be there <laughs> the people in the audience at the emmys you would turn around and look you look back at the crowd and everyone was sleeping or rolling their <laughs> eyes or looking really bored it was so long it was so long it but was so nobody long. wanted to sit through that it was so boring yeah, the vmas in comparison were really fast-paced yes. they had lots of performances lots of energy i didn't watch any of the like little act outs that Miley did. I did see her call Snoop Dogg her mammy, which I was like, girl, why do you try so hard and then like fail so miserably and then manage to be racist without like even know like why are you calling a grown man your mammy? Like yeah. shut up. Um she she tried so hard. She tried oh my God. so so hard. Um what did you think about the uh Kanye West speech? I actually, uh, Kanye West got a lot of points in my book for that speech. Yeah, I think so, too. People were, like, giving him a hard time and saying, like, oh, he's crazy. He's an idiot. But, I mean, I kind of thought it was a brutally honest moment from him, which I like. I thought it was interesting that so many people picked up on the fact that he said he was going to run for president as a reason for, as a way to say, like, that was ridiculous. Well, of course it's ridiculous. That was the, I thought that was the point. Right. And I thought the fact that, and I thought especially with, with all of the Trump Donald news. Trump, yeah. You, you. He was maybe pointing out the fact that, okay, anybody can say they're going to run for president. Right. And it's just, it's become almost a joke at this point. Maybe that's reading too far. I thought that's what he was. too much credit. I thought that's what he was trying to say. Either way, I mean, it was clearly a silly thought and not meant to be taken seriously. But people jumped on that. People really focused on that and said things like, wow, I can't believe he said he was going to run for president. It's like, like he's not if Miley president. Cyrus said she was going to run for president, would anybody flinch? No. no. The people would shrug and be like, oh, okay, Miley. Yeah, I, I that, and that was so interesting to me is that, like we got this really personal honest moment from Kanye where he talked about people hating him and like being at the grocery store with his daughter and people realizing that he was actually a normal person and feeling conflicted about award shows. He also and, like, smiled in public for the first time he ever. He just was like a normal dude yeah. right so he goes through this whole speech they cut to Miley and Miley's like <laughs> Kanye it's crazy Kim Kardashian I wish I was a baby inside a belly mm-hmm, I want to suck on a boobies. I was like wait what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like you are just a dumbass. Yeah. 
Uh, Way to sexualize a baby and like a pregnant woman. Like, I don't even like Kim Kardashian. I don't want to stand up for that woman. But like, what? Come on. Yeah, but that's also what you can probably expect to happen when you have a young 20-something up there and you've pumped her full of this make it crazy mentality. I mean, that's what she's been advertising. That's what the the producer. You saw her boob. Right. That's what the producer has been telling everybody. We're just going to let it go nuts and Miley's going to do whatever she wants. It's just going to be a shit show, basically. And it's going to be crazy. Of course, she's up there and she's going to be like, oh, Kanye West said something valuable or something serious. Or I something, think that she didn't even realize with, he was saying something valuable. Something with actual import. No, she was waiting to say the next crazy thing. Right. And, and what came out was Kanye West is so crazy. It's like, OK, that was the least crazy we've right. seen from Kanye West It was like the most ever. normal Kanye West we've ever seen. So he won a lot of points in my book for that speech because it really did humanize him. And I've long, long been a Kanye like, eh. You know, not so, not such a hater. I mean, I don't I don't pay enough attention to be a hater, but you know, I've never really appreciated his arrogance, and yeah. so it won him a lot of a lot of points in my book. But the audience reaction during yeah, that speech that was weird was was unbelievable. I mean, the it was. People hate him. And honestly, it was extremely, but it was extremely racist. Yeah, that's, I was literally getting ready to say that because here's the thing there, yes, Kanye West is very arrogant. And, you know, some people are going to love that, some people are going to hate that. But in my experience, when the arrogance comes from a black person, suddenly people think that it's not, that it's too much and it's not justified. Donald Trump's just telling it like it is. Kanye West is a fucking dickhead. And you're like, wait a second, there are tons of, or, um, God, what was his name that was going like Charlie Sheen? Charlie oh, Sheen Jesus. Yeah, that's had a like really... a rampage of saying ridiculous massage. Charlie Sheen shot his ex girlfriend and almost killed her, and and then he went on tour and said all these ridiculous things, and everyone was like, "Ha ha ha!" Charlie Sheen's so cool and awesome. I'm like, dude, if a person of color was acting like that, agreed. Every single person would be saying that they were a psycho. Agreed. You white know? people get white people get a whole shaker of salt <laughs> to help ease the ease the significance of what they're actually saying right uh but but black a shaker people do of not. salt i like that the whole shaker not a not a few <laughs> grains of salt that everyone takes what they're saying with because it's it's charlie sheen and nobody really takes him seriously right. because it's a nut job instead they get the whole shaker and uh and and you're right and that was a big moment for me because i had sort of reflected on you know how i feel about celebrities yeah so i them. will yes especially ones that are pop stars because you know they they do have a lot of talent and they have a lot to offer, but that shouldn't translate into us taking their political views seriously right, right. or their moral values seriously. Because you end up with Miley Cyruses exactly. that are raised in fame and they really can't connect with the common person because it's impossible. So Not to mention they haven't been exposed to a lot of stuff. And, and, and let me preface this by saying there's nothing wrong with not going to college, but it does kind of bother me that we keep asking celebrities who've never gone to college and have not had like any secondary education education outside of like private tutors to speak on like really important issues that they're not freaking educated on agreed and not just not going to college because you can learn a lot about life just living it but they're not living the lives that we live no and 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 not living the lives that a lot of other people uh life normal life experience exactly they're not going to have that so when you're speaking on things so when miley cyrus gets up and talks about pansexuality and things like that you're thinking okay that that's good in a sense and uh the tolerance not even tolerance but acceptance of other people's preferences is a good thing 
but you're not actually seeing things the way we see them, and right. you don't understand the harm the way other people will uh, will appreciate that. You haven't harm had because to, you're insulated, right? And you haven't had to face the real stigmas that come along with having a sexuality that's other than being straight or in a real world in a real world environment. Like you're all, and and not to say that like you know LGBT celebrities don't face their own challenges and their own stigmas, but Miley Cyrus was born wealthy. She will always be wealthy she could stop working right now and she would be fine and so a lot of the causes that she champions while they're very important she has a very limited perspective on those things because she's never actually experienced any of the things she's talking about she's just been able to like float through life as like whatever exactly so to bring it back to kanye west like you know uh, i i do have that sort of higher bar set for celebrities when Mm -hmm. they say things but i when i saw the audience's reaction to Kanye West's speech, especially when it was more positive and more realistic than anything I've seen from him in the past, mm-hmm. and I, it couldn't it couldn't amount to anything other than a general underlying racism, right? Because it was there were so many boos and there were so many. I mean, people were saying things under their breath. You were outside getting a drink when that happened, right? So I wasn't inside. I was outside waiting sort of at the edges. Mm -hmm. um, And people pile up there waiting for the next commercial break to get back to their seats. And that's where I was. And so I was hearing people. I think they're a little more free to speak back there because they're not in their seats and they're not in the main room. But you can see what's going on in the stage. So what I was hearing back there were very, um, very coded uh, messages being sent and, and, and a general disapproval and it made me reflect on on my reluctance to accept him or my thoughts early on about his arrogance right. and I thought like did I fall into that category not yeah. that I was not that I was you know had some sort of yeah, racist be unintentional. motivation but it was it was interesting to say to not even that it wasn't that I questioned why I had said those things initially but I questioned the effect of my having said those things mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. because I think I realized that other people might be motivated by different thoughts right. where I'm like fuck the celebrity you know we shouldn't be listening but to people anybody. might have interpreted what you were saying that, to have those underlying that messages. it might have just been another voice in a big cacophony of what is is ultimately has some racist underpinnings yeah and uh and that really made me consider people's reactions to to celebrities like kanye west and my past reactions uh to to kanye west in particular god that's so perceptive uh well i i actually had some looks for people out there and a lot of i started i was like singing his praises outside (laughs) because i had to balance i was like it's my job now to try to balance this out yeah well i mean in on the topic of looks because we gave some people some looks at the vmas i think that this is a good segue into the fact that we got into a fight and we don't have to go on dwell on it for very long because there's a video if you haven't seen it it's on my youtube channel um Dude next to us really did not appreciate the Black Lives Matter sentiment. And, you know, I wouldn't have known that he said anything if you hadn't actually started saying something to him about it. I couldn't. I, he didn't he didn't leave me any choice because he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop his mumblings. He said, uh, I, who said Black Lives Matter and was talking his about name the Black is, Lives Matter I, call, I accidentally said his name was Justin, but his name is Jussie Smollett. He's um, on the show Empire. Okay. Yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. I liked his. I liked He's what he had to say. very talented, he was, very smart, and 
And, you know, he's recently, well, he's gay. And so he has been very vocal about um, LGBT equality and also Black Lives Matter. And, you know, for a celebrity, a black celebrity at that, to be vocal about both of those issues, that's one of those things that really can hurt your career you know so Mm -hmm. it is a big deal for him to be so vocal about those things and so he shouted out black lives matter at the vmas and dude next to us had the nerve to say that that was bullshit he said bullshit multiple times and he rolled his eyes and threw his head back it's like this bullshit black lives matter bullshit all lives he said all lives (laughs) matter several times and then he had some sort of qualifications for that too he had some some mumblings that were uh, like sounded like uh some you know, his effort to support uh, the idea that all lives matter and not black lives matter. So right. uh, I I turned to him and I was explaining I was explaining the difference between what it what all lives matter means and what black lives matter means. And I was specifically trying to explain to him all lives matter as a response to black lives matter. Right. And, and that's why that, it's disingenuous and how that discredits the entire all lives matter concept. Um, and and he wasn't going to hear it and he was he he uh, you know responded by saying pretty much what he had said before which is black lives matter is bullshit all lives matter how can you say black lives matter when all lives matter so i was trying to explain to him that there is a difference in the actual harm that pe- different people of different color face in our society and he wouldn't hear any of it i i said there's a difference in how many um, black people are being killed by police as opposed to white people in proportion to to how many of them there are in our culture. And um, and the guy said, there's a reason for that. And I I didn't know what to say. I At that point, I actually lost my ability to speak momentarily. I didn't know. I didn't like I could not use my words. Yeah. And I, I was trying to ask Patrick because I was like, what's going on over there? And Patrick's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, well, what did he say? Like, tell me, you know, and Patrick's like, <sighs> like, he was just like taking deep breaths and being like, I'm just going to try and focus on the show and like see what's going on right now and like not freak out because... I mean, I, I just, you know, it's really upsetting when people say this stuff online, but at least you do have the, the ability to, like, turn your computer off or, like, just close, you know, walk away. Mm-hmm. And when it happens in real life, it's this moment of, like, holy crap, like, these are real people. There are real people that believe this stuff. And that was the moment that presumably I have influence. Like, I don't know who this dude was, but, like, he could be somebody in our world that influences how black people and people of color are treated. And that's really, really scary. Yeah. I think that was the moment that I was having when I when I actually had to face that, when I had to deal with someone like that face-to-face. Because there's always some distance when it happens online. And you know I'm not a big online presence at all. I right. don't spend a lot of time online. I do on Twitter, uh, and I follow mostly people who are activists. So I see a lot of their responses to things. Mm-hmm. And they'll engage trolls, and they'll engage people who are just ignorant or, or hateful. Um, and I'll see that, but you know, it's always at a distance and it's, right. it's, it's rarely me anyway, but then to have to talk to this guy face to face and to hear him say that, I mean, I thought maybe, you know, there's a lot of room for confusion, especially right. when white people approach this all lives matter, black lives matter thing. And I think it's excluding them or it's just black people yeah, that and, matter. And I'm, I'm willing to try to cut through that confusion. But when he said there's a reason for that, the only thing that that could mean is that is the, the black justified. people yeah, deserve to be killed at a greater rate than white people by the police. And when I heard that, it just I think a light went off or 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 
yeah, I don't know, not on, <laughs> off, I think. <laughs> and uh, and and I didn't know what else to say because he was basically saying, yes, this I'm I am a racist. <laughs> And uh, and I I had to I had to leave because I didn't know what I was gonna do I didn't know what to say and I couldn't I couldn't say I was literally the next seat next to him you know yeah. we were like brushing elbows very literally yeah so after Patrick left he you know came back and felt like he just needed to have the last word I guess you know just let him know like no it wasn't about having the last word it was about being upset that I had to that I had to I had to physically leave right. that moment because because of what he said right and the other thing too is that once i was out of that seat there was nothing between and i i I know it's kind of i don't know kind of selfish or maybe a little i don't know like man-headed so to speak okay but like there was nothing between you and him right and that idea kind of kind of didn't sit well with me because You know, and not that you, I mean, of all people, like, you need me to defend you the least. No, but I understand. But like, there is there is this motivation to be like, Yeah, you have a you level know. of protectiveness. I'm your yeah. wife. Like, and I and I totally appreciate that. And I, you know, when, when you did come back and this dude suddenly stood up as if he was going to hit you or something, you know, that's when I was like, I kind of jumped into protective mode. And I was like, just leave. Just go outside so that, like, this doesn't escalate because I don't know this man. And I know you and I know that I can tell you to leave and you will. I don't I can't tell this man to do anything because I don't really know who he is. Mm -hmm. So I really when I when you left, I really was trying to be as diplomatic and mature as possible. And I just wanted to like put a button on the conversation and make sure that he understood like what he had said was disrespectful. And that's why we had to say something to him. And, you know, I, I like I said, I really only turned my camera on because when his wife started putting her hands in my face, I was like, I don't want these people to touch me. Um, and I also don't want to like damage my my reputation with MTV. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and so it was one of those things where, like, in the moment, I, it was, like, all in slow-mo, but I could not believe that he put his hands over his ears. Like, yeah. It was just, like, yeah. this surreal moment of, like, wow, that is exactly how you view, like, Black Lives Matter. It was a perfect physical manifestation of his beliefs. And, and his, his privilege. And his privilege and his the ease with which he can block it out. Right, exactly. Like, I don't have that luxury to block these conversations out because they're part of my my daily lived experience, you know? Like, I'm, I'm nervous in our apartment building because cops are always patrolling through our building, walking through the stairs. Like, I see it every single day, and I'm just, like, scared. I don't want to be fucking scared. Like, I don't want to live in a world where police can kill black people or kill anybody, for that matter, and not face consequences they just shot a freaking white dude and the video shows that the guy's hands are up when it happened and in my mind i'm like where the fuck are these all lives matter people oh, of course they don't have shit to say because they don't care they just want to make sure that they can speak over black people and and make the conversation about them because if you really cared about all lives then you would shut the fuck up when we're talking about black lives being taken and you would say i support you what do i need to do to back you up that that like makes me so angry when people want to say 
this has nothing to do with me, but like, how can I make it about me right now? Like, how can this conversation cater to my little fifis? Because it really makes me uncomfortable that you want to talk about your problems that are created by this fucking white supremacist society. Like, it is ridiculous to me. And I'm glad that I got it on camera because people need to see that those kind of idiots actually exist and they're not like 13 year old boys in their mom's basement they are grown men and women who wear suits and go to award shows and have money and live in nice houses and drive fancy cars and influence the world that we live in so you know if a hundred thousand people or two hundred thousand people see that video i think it's a win because people need to see that those people are real and that you can stand up to them and you need to stand up to them yeah absolutely well, Steve, <gasps> oh we <laughs> like seriously. Like, we just... I wish that was cathartic, but honestly, every time I revisit that moment, I just feel gross and dirty. We have gotten so many audience emails, mainly because we were gone for a month. So, thank you so much for all the emails. If you do want to email us, you can send us a message to lnbpodcast at gmail.com. Um, let's see. Okay, I think this is a good one. Um, Nicole asks, how do you guys navigate the vast amounts of problematic media that is made, especially if you unintentionally watch it or even enjoy it? Um, such as thinking an actor is really cool until they unintentionally participate in whitewashing like Emma Stone or liking mm. a movie or show until you realize that it just contains white people in a place like L.A. or New York, which mm -hmm. is impossible. Um, what are your thoughts, especially in the age of superhero movies where the main protagonists are usually white men with few exceptions and all the women's superheroes are white with no exception? Sometimes it's hard to be a smart consumer since these studios compel you to see their movies, even though they make problematic content. This is such a good freaking question. Yes. I mean, this is... She this, went hard. Yeah. This is this is one of the best, most, I, I don't thorough. know... Thorough? Thorough questions. <laughs> it covers all the ground, and it's um, and it's and it makes some really, really strong points, especially when it comes to, it comes to luring you in. In, you can't in get away in terms of consuming these products because do you want to see an awesome awesome superhero movie yes mm -hmm. do you want to see one that that represents you know all people in america yes but they're not making that so yeah. if you want to see an awesome superhero movie you're going to see one that's all whitewashed yeah and and you know she brings up a really uh, good point about shows that take place in these metropolitan areas where there's just like all white people. Um, I recently started watching um, that show Younger on TV Land. I binged it. It's so funny and so smart. But about six episodes in, I was like, am I going to see any black people in this show? Because it definitely takes place in New York. And mm. I don't even see any walking around in the background. And I do think it can be really tough because if you want to stand up for yourself, it's like, well, I guess I have to stop watching everything on television because everything on TV is problematic. And and I feel that way about celebrities. Like, I don't think we should support problematic celebrities, but I think that you can enjoy one part of the content and also be critical. Um, Janet Mock used the term critical fan, and that's what I try to do. You know, we love Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is problematic as hell. Mm. You know, like there's a rape scene every freaking episode. Yeah, pretty close. And, and, and that is very triggering for me and I have moments where I have to be like oh I gotta like turn this shit off you know but I do think it's possible to consume that content and also 
talk about it in a way that doesn't give them a pass for the problematic things that they do. But I also think it's our responsibility to support good content and and little content creators of color and LGBT people and people with disabilities that don't get a chance to tell their stories. And for me, that's what YouTube is for, you know, to kind of lift up those voices that don't get a chance. Absolutely. Okay, I think this is a good one from Julie. She says, how did I get started doing video blogs and then a podcast, and what made you want Patrick to join you? I know he's a lawyer, so it seems a bit out of his normal routine to want to do a fun podcast with you. I'm curious how you got started and why you chose video blogging and podcast rather than writing a blog. Um, I'll take this one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think we can both answer this one. You know, why—I'm curious to hear— why you were interested in doing a podcast with me because I mean did you have any apprehension or were you into it from the start I have the same and still have the same apprehension that I had about this video where it's <laughs> where it, it doesn't really occur to me that people might actually listen to it yeah. or watch it and then I realize because of the audience that you've accumulated right. over many years of of hard work and determination um and good content that people are actually tuning in right and, and that's and that's pretty interesting to me also this is probably one of the only creative outlets that i get to enjoy on a regular basis that's why i wanted to do this with you and i get to do it with the person that i love the most so that's i mean it's a win 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 the only thing is is i don't express my lawyerly carefully reasoned carefully worded self on here and every once in a while i have a little anxiety that people are going to get an impression that that side of me Mm -hmm. is less significant um, it's not, it's just, this is like a place for you to cut loose a little bit. Yeah. It's just kept out of the, out of the, the studio. Right. Um, you know, what's really interesting, Julie, is that I blogged long before I started on YouTube. I built my first website in eighth grade after I went to computer camp. So <laughs> I, <laughs> don't, listen, don't hate, I, I, you wouldn't be in this studio right now if it hadn't been for my mother sending me to computer camp. <laughs> That's I, true. Everything I That's learned true. there laid the foundation. I learned C+, I learned C++, I learned basic, I learned HTML, I learned Flash. Um, and I have always been really interested in the internet because I was a lonely only child that just begged for a computer for Christmas. And so I really grew up online. So, you know, believe it or not, YouTube was not always around. I was on LiveJournal. Um, I was on MySpace. <laughs> like I was really all on the internet before YouTube came Julie, along. Julie, let me let me give you some perspective. Fran was always going to do this. She no. Yes, yeah, she was. She was always going to. She was always going to be uh, the the presence and the character that she is online well, and on television. I mean, the thing is, is like I've always wanted to be in entertainment. You know, it was funny the other day someone on Tumblr was surprised like they didn't know that I had gone to school for acting like I think I mentioned it or something somewhere and they were like whoa you went to school for acting and I'm like yeah like I actually have training like I'm not just someone that makes videos in their apartment but you also wait you also told me though that you would do this before you had a camera and a, oh my god yeah and a platform that you would basically do this at home by yourself in, in your room or in the mirror yeah I would so yeah so that's what I mean Fran was always going to do this <laughs> by the grace of God you YouTube came along and gave her a place to do it and make it look like a sane thing to do. 
<laughs> but this was always what Fran was going yes. to do. Okay, granted, I was an only child that was very creative, and I liked to talk to my stuffed animals and do little shows <laughs> in my room. Like, yeah, I, that is just in my, in my blood, you know, and I'm very fortunate that I had parents that encouraged me and took me to acting class and dance class and computer camp and you know let me express myself in a lot of different ways and I was just fortunate that when YouTube came around that it was the perfect opportunity for me to take the content that I've been posting on my live journal that no one was reading I mean I actually do have some old school live journal fans that still follow me now which is amazing um youtube is just like a perfect place for me to combine all the things that i was interested in and as for the podcast i wanted to do a podcast for a while and i was just really fortunate that our producer victoria reached out to me and was like have you ever thought about doing podcasts because i'd like to produce for you and you know it was like us. So what you're saying is Victoria is really the reason that we're in this studio right Amen. Now. Victoria Washington, the Victoria yeah. Washington experience. Plug it up. Yep. Um, yeah, she really, she came to me and was like, you know, let's hear your ideas. We had a brainstorm session and I, I had all these ideas, but I just wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I think it was Pat and I just sitting on the couch talking shit while we were watching the show. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if this could be a podcast, just us talking? Um, and so it, it kind of grew from there. And I'm just excited that people want to listen and and that it's done so well, even though we are so inconsistent. Um, but I'm just really happy that anyone cares and, and wants to listen. Fantastic. All right. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for... <laughs> I was talking to you, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sending in your questions. We have tons, so we will definitely try to chip away at these emails. Um, make sure to send us a message at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and the last thing I think that I want to jump into, and, and we might have to kind of blaze through this, but... Um, a video recently went viral on Facebook and on YouTube by Nicole Arbor called Dear Fat People. Mm. And Patrick and I watched it while we stuffed our faces with Dunkin' Donuts this morning. Yeah, we were eating uh, uh, eating our, our traditional bacon, egg, and cheese croissants. Our first breakfast. Our first, best, our first <laughs> breakfast. And watching this here's why you're fat and why no one likes you video. Oh, God. This girl, you know, I could go on about her because she is like, a troll to the ninth degree. Um, she makes these videos where she just says like really inflammatory stuff and all under the guise of comedy and positivity and trying to help you. Um, and they're just really hateful. And this whole video was just about telling fat people that they're worthless and that they are going to have diseases and they're going to die and they smell. And it was just really horrible. Um, it was every it was every fat cliche joke. But but the problem was the worst part of it was was that it was actually about fat people. And it wasn't it wasn't like, okay, you're making a fat joke in the scheme of say a sitcom or something like that where right. it, it kind of you know, it kind of moves past that very quickly. The whole focus of this video was to tell fat people that they're fat and they're bad. And that was that was the only import that this video gave you. Right. It was it was the only significant it was the takeaway. It was the bottom line. And she would say that she would tell you why fat people were fat and gross and why they shouldn't be fat and how they should have dealt with it already. And so easy to just lose weight and just eat healthy and just work out. Right. Yeah. And how easy it is to not be that fat person that she's saying is somehow a lesser person than her and other skinny people. 
Uh, and then and then turning around and saying, well, I'm not saying this to be rude or cruel or mean. I'm just saying this because you need to hear it as if they I want to help you don't already hear that enough. Right. And and there's the level of judgment and privilege from this chick. And, and this is really her M.O. Like she's made videos about why girls are whores and how you know everyone's so pc and she like throws in racist jokes like she just is like i'm gonna say every offensive thing ever and hope that it goes viral which shocker it has gone viral because people are so upset that they share the video and they watch the video and you know partly the only reason that i'm okay with talking about it right now is her channel has been deleted i don't know what that's about in the last two hours this My channel was, we watched it before we came into the studio and to it's record. gone now we came above ground from the subway to get to the studio and her channel was deleted. Yeah, it's it's really dramatic. And this girl loves the drama and she loves to claim that everyone's bullying her and her life so hard. And my first introduction to her was when she and her boyfriend, Matt Santoro, tried to claim that my friend Andrew Gunnarola had cheated in a YouTube contest that he didn't win. And then they asked their fans to attack him. And when I stepped in because... You know, Gunnarola is a nice guy and he's not going to talk shit to anybody. So myself and Megan Tondras were like, bring it, bitch. Like, try it with somebody that actually has, you know, a little bit of audience behind them. This girl had the nerve to say I was bullying her. And then she contacted Upworthy to tell them that they should fire me because I wasn't a good representation of the company because we got into an argument on Twitter. And she has the nerve to call, and she's done this before mm -hmm. to other people I've now learned. Mm -hmm. This is her MO. She pokes people into saying something to her, and then she claims she's being bullied. And then she withdraws and goes on the defensive. Sounds, sounds a lot like, uh, like the guy at the VMAs. Yeah, who she physically puts her covered hands over his ears. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And she even claimed like Tyler Oakley bullied her. Dude sent her one tweet. He was like, This is really disappointing. She was like, Everyone's bullying me. And like, here's what I don't understand. If you're gonna be if you're gonna call yourself a comic and you're gonna put out racist, slut shamey, fatophobic, transphobic. Fatophobic, is that a thing? Yeah. That's a word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Good you're going to gonna put out all this nasty content, that's fine. Freedom of speech, whatever, because they love to claim freedom of speech. And you are going to have the nerve to say everybody else needs to get a thicker skin. Why the fuck don't you need to get a thicker skin when people say that they don't like your content? Because because the world revolves around them. What the heck? That's what you see. when I mean, that that's like, that is the uh, the bottom line and the, the core of privilege is this notion that everything should cater to your needs right your desires your thoughts at any given moment it doesn't matter who you're offending it doesn't matter that's why you see consistently they people like and, and trump trump does the exact same thing oh yeah where he baits and then people respond and then he uses that that, that attention that he garners for being so offensive to to his benefit then like this woman you know they shut out Everybody who has something to actually say to them on a public platform and uh, and and take the people who agree with them. Right. So and, that's exactly what she's been doing. And use it to create a little cult following. And that gives them some semblance of power. I mean, in this case, it's not much. And now that her account's deleted, it's gone entirely. Thank well, God. But, she's still very popular on Facebook. And I think this is a perfect time to remind people that your views are valuable. And not just like your, your personal views. I'm talking about your eyeballs. So when people send you stuff and say, have you seen this really racist thing? Have you seen this terrible video about about rape and blah 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 not watching it 
hurts that person way more than commenting and telling them that they're dumbass and going in on them because you know I'm glad that she whatever if she deleted her channel good riddance but at the end of the day these videos have millions of views on Facebook and she's going to use those millions of views to get sponsors to book jobs to get t-shirts made or whatever the hell she does for her stupid go team and so okay. you know you can't give these people the validation of actually watching. I'll talk about you. I'll watch the gift set because you can't make money off that. But we have to be so careful about giving these people what they want because this is what she wants. She wants everyone to be outraged and make response videos. Mm -hmm. uh, did she say at some point she started this, oh, it was a social experiment thing? She's alluded she to, to it. She tried to defend it based on this this notion like, I just want to see what would happen oh, if God. I did all of this. She's and done that before. And it suggested something that's, you know, an interesting thought about society or a thought yeah. experiment. God. Or, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really add up. What you're really doing is offending a lot of people knowing that you're going to get something out of it. It's just yeah. a selfish act is all it is. I mean, at the end of the day, the only consolation that I can see is that the entire YouTube community has come together. Some really big people like Grace Helbig, who never gets involved in drama, have come out and said, like, this is wrong. And so I think that's a really positive thing. And for all the flaws in this community, it's an amazing place. I've met so many cool people. And this girl is going to have a really hard time bouncing back because no one is going to want to invite her to anything. No one's going to want to work with her. And so she has shot herself in the foot for like a momentary 15 minutes of fame. So good luck to you, Nicole Arbor. I cannot wait to see where this drama goes. I don't wish her any luck. Well, I, you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm just trying to wrap up this. <laughs> <laughs> language before we get out of here Are you ready uh yeah yeah I, I you know what now that we've had some time off i just want to say does it bother you i've had some time to reflect on this does it bother you that slanguage b doesn't make any sense like slanguage is a combination oh of slang and language yeah and the b comes from spelling b yeah but i mean it's but a new language b actually like is you don't a, have to spell a senseless mashup yeah, that, I mean, yes, that is true. Okay, it's it's been gnawing at me since we've had some time off mean, and I've had so, some time to reflect. Do you think we need to rename the segment? No, I just wanted to point out that it's absolutely ludicrously named. Okay, I mean, fine. I just thought it was, like, clever. You know? That's what I'm talking about. Why did we think this was clever? Because it's cute. Like, slanguage? Like, I think it, I like it. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so this week's language B is a phrase, not a word. And the phrase comes from Tumblr user, the clapback kid. So thank you for sending this to me. Um, the phrase is brand new. Brand new. Yes. Okay. That is the phrase. Um, you know, I, I, uh, brand new. That guy, that's kind of tough because it's actually a phrase. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm assuming it doesn't mean brand new as in new. In, a, well, in the typical sense. Kind of. I'll give you a little hint here. It is kind of related to something being new. Okay, so... You want me to give you like a... Do you want me to put in a sentence? I'll help you because it has been a while. Yeah. You know, I know you're kind of rusty. Oh, okay. Is that what this is about? I'm, I think for me it's about you giving me a phrase that's a common phrase and telling me it now means something different. It does. It does. Like it means something else. It's not like, wow, that's a brand new bag. I like it. 
it's more like, oh, so Patrick's trying to act brand new. Oh, okay. So that's when you when you have like a like a like you you make a major like a major shift in your personality or your approach to a certain topic. Like you just pretend that you didn't say something or you didn't have certain thoughts previously about it. Like like you know you go and you say you know oh I hated that and then suddenly you it's come a social like, experiment. <laughs> Are you just fucking with me? Is that no, what oh. no. I'm saying like you say that you say something you hate it and now it's a oh okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to help you. <laughs> um, yes, you're right. Really? Yes. So you just you do a 180 on something and you yeah. just pretend like you've thought that all the it's time. It's a person's behavior which is drastically different than normal, usually because they are in the presence of certain people. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yes. I like that. You're brand new because you walk up and so like when I'm hanging out with Kanye West backstage and I'm like, dude, you're awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm just like all I'm like, oh, so now you're trying to act brand new because or Taylor Swift or Miley Cyrus. We all hang out backstage. By the way. <laughs> this actually happens. I was I was a brand new man. Are you in their squad? The squad, the Taylor Swift squad. That is a thing. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about she that. She is some. She, if there is Illuminati, she is the <laughs> eye in the top of the pyramid. Everyone's like, we love you. T-. Like people would go into like a catatonic state as soon as they got on stage. They were like, I love Taylor Swift. She is so nice and awesome, and I loved working with her. She's amazing. Yeah, like, friend went. Friend went backstage after the VMAs to film the last video, which was the uh, after the VMAs like final thoughts mm-hmm. video. You've probably seen it online. It's um, called uh, Seven Awesome Things That Happened in the VMAs or something. It's on the MTV News YouTube channel. Just out of camera, there was a line of zombie-like people. <laughs> and Taylor Swift was sitting in this throne-like chair. <laughs> and she was kind of bent over, and they were just kissing her ass one by one. <laughs> and then lurching themselves off stage into God knows where. But all the celebrities were in that line. Oh, my God. Every one of them. Yeah, she does have a hold on people. I don't know what it is. Um, but the inevitable turn is coming. I'm sure it is. It, it never lasts forever. Um, well, this show doesn't last forever. It's time for us to wrap it up. I think that this was a really great return show. It was good. It was very serious. We promised more jokes. No, in the we future. had fun. I think we had some funny moments. We did. We did. We did. Okay, well, thank you all for listening and for bearing with us while we were on this uh, brief hiatus. Definitely make sure to tweet us and let us know what you thought of the episode using the hashtag last name basis, or you can tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. Tie optional. And uh, yeah, let us know what you thought of the show, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for coming. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis.